Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Hebrews 9, verse 27, we're taught, it is appointed to all men to die once, and after that comes the judgment. Welcome to this podcast from Two Ways Ministries. I'm Philip Jensen. Take the news of Shane Warne's death. Shock, horror. It really has, it really has had an effect upon the Australian community, hasn't it? The, the newspaper articles come time after time. It's it's as if we can't get enough about Shane at the moment. Warney, as he was so often called, because somehow his death has interrupted the flow of life in in the midst of coming out of a pandemic in the midst of huge floods in the midst of a massive war taking place in the Ukraine the death of one man has filled our newspapers filled our headlines because it was such a shock why were you so shocked why are we so shocked I think it's in part because He's comparatively young at 52. You're not expecting people to die. It's also because he was still part of public life. He was still part of making commentary on the cricket and the like. It's also because being that young, there are many of us who still remember watching him bowling in cricket games. And so he's still part of our world and suddenly, unexpectedly for all of us, he's taken from us. Well, there's no way in which I'm going to be sitting in judgment on Shane Warne at the moment, so do not expect that to be happening. But it's interesting when we say, well, we're not going to judge them, what we really mean is we're not going to condemn him. Uh, People are judging article after article in the newspaper, television commentary after television commentary. But the the judgment we've got at the moment, and right and proper judgment too, is is to speak of the good things that he did and the, the contributions that he has made to our lives. I don't know if you're not a cricket follower, whether you still feel he made a contribution to your life, but he was larger-than-life part of Australia. But we, we don't make judgment because... That's God's task, not ours. We don't know really what's in the life and heart and person. It's it's just not us to do. Uh, In fact, Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about not even judging himself. I think that's 1 Corinthians. Have I got that wrong? Well, you'll remember to be able to find it. It's chapter 4, and I think now it's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, where he speaks about not judging himself. But, of course, we all do face judgment We face judgment in death, and we face judgment after death. That's the verse that I mentioned to us. We've all sinned, and it's appointed to all men to die, and after that comes judgment. So death brings us to judgment, but that's the judgment of God. However, in the assessments of Warney that is going on, we all agree on two things. One, he was a great cricketer, and two, He was a great larrikin. Now, I'm not going to be talking about cricket much as I'd love to talk to you about cricket. But, you know, that's not the aim to now. I mean, 
the memory of our community is very short and he is part of the memory. But some of us old fellows remember other people like Alan Davidson, who died just recently, who actually had much better statistics in his bowling than, than Warney did. But stats say one thing, winning a game is another. And changing the whole culture of a game, of, of the nature of cricket and the way it's played, well, that's another. And Warney, well, he did these things. But a larrikin, that's worth us pondering about. It's an Australian word if you're one of the overseas people and you don't know this word. Well, Australia's full of, of words that we've made up and we use and it's an Australianism, although it actually did come from Yorkshire area, I understand, but it's Australians who really have used the word, though it's almost passing out of usage even in Australia. It's the old Anglo-Australian word rather than the modern multicultural world. But there are certain characters, Warney being a classic example of it, Doug Walters was another cricketer who was thought in those terms, our Prime Minister Bob Hawke in the 80s. He also was a larrikin and was seen at it. What, what does it mean? It's a larrikin, well, a dictionary I looked at said, a boisterous, often badly behaved young man a person with apparent disregard for convention, a maverick. Yes, it was. It's, it's, the, it's the young bloke who lives next door and who's always getting into trouble. But it's, it's cheeky trouble. He's a cheeky boy. It's not malicious. It's not nasty. It's naughty, but with a good heart and a big sense of humour. It's not ill-intended. It's not seeking to be nasty to other people. It's the, it's the kid who put the fireworks in the letterbox and watched the letterbox blow up. It was naughty, it was wrong, it was dangerous, he shouldn't do it, etc. But he didn't do it because he didn't like you. He did it because he wanted to see what happened. It's that kind of boisterous, badly behaved young man that we're talking of. And some of these well, they never grew up in that sense. Bob Hawke was a classic. Here he was, the Prime Minister of the nation, but he still carried that same larrikin attitude to life. And, and we Australians love them. Uh, they're much, much to be preferred than the kind of boring, bureaucratic kind of pale characters who are without character, but who the media are constantly putting before us as somebody who's, well, people in power, but they're grey people, people who we will forget. But no, a larrikin, no, you don't forget larrikins because they're fun. See, we like them because they're, they're full of life. You know, they're the kind of people you'd like to have at a party because you know the party will be fun. In fact, they're the kind of person who, when they come to the party, in a sense, take over the party. They're the life of the party. And we like them also because they're winners. Uh, Australia's got a funny attitude to winners, haven't we? we? We don't like tall poppies, and so we get rid of tall poppies. Anybody who stands above the crowd, we, we criticise. But, no, no, the larrikin, they, they can be winners, but they maintain the common touch. They still see themselves as one of us. They do not put themselves as being above us, even though 
in something, politics with Bob Hawke, bowling leg spin bowling with 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 Shane Warne, they're, they're extreme. They're well and truly above us. You could see them as tall poppies, but you can't see those men. Their character was that of being just like one of us. Uh, their heart, their heart's in the right place, <laughs> even though they might do things that embarrass us and embarrass them. You know that they have a big heart for the downtrodden, for the down and out, for the the person in trouble. For they do what we'd like to do, only they do it better, and so we tend to envy them their success. But there's the problem because. What they do that we'd like to do and even do better, what they do is actually very often things that, well, they shouldn't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's worse than just blowing up the letterbox. That's just their childish expression of the things they do in life that we actually would criticise in anybody else. I mean, these days, poor people who have to play professional sport, have to be role models. It's really ridiculous if you think about it, but it's got to do with the professionalisation of sport. The companies who are putting up the money can't afford to have the embarrassment of real-life footballers or cricketers. They've got to be role models in all kinds of things that have got nothing to do with football or nothing to do with cricket. And so, for example, the captain of Australian cricket was dismissed for an action that had nothing to do with cricket, but an action that, well, Warney would have done exactly the same. In fact, Warney pretty well did do such the same. You see, these young men next door, <laughs> they grow up as drinkers and gamblers and smokers and womanizers. And in their drinking and gambling and smoking and Womanising, they cause all kind of damage to themselves, their own health, of course, in Warney's case, but but also to other people. <laughs> uh, they break rules, they break conventions, but they break hearts. They cause untold damage to others, especially in their families, especially to, to women. The consequence of Bob Hawke's Womanising has been recently shown out in a biography that has just been produced about his life and the terrible things he did, not least, of course, to Hazel, his wife. Moralists, you see, moralists always want to cancel people, not just the actions, but the person and their contribution to the society. And so with, with people who are not larrikins like Tim Payne, they just get cancelled. He can't play cricket because, well, not for us, not as a nation, not as the, the captain of the national team, because he, he did things that were not right. He acknowledged they're not right. He apologised for them, but that doesn't matter. But Larrikin, well, boys will be boys, won't they? You know, it's just a little bit of fun. In fact, he got away with it and he's better than... And so the moralist wants to cancel people, but you have a difficulty with a larrikin. The moralist wants to pull down the statues of people when they see 
how their lives were lived in ways that don't fit in with the current moral structures and patterns of our life. But they don't want to pull down the statues of, of larrikins. They somehow wish to excuse them. Want to say, well, their problems are not a serious problem. Or to say, well, it's just forgivable cheekiness. Or to really think, gee, I wish I had his life. I wish I had his luck. I wish I could do. Now, we Christians mustn't get sucked into this moralism. It's easy because, well, many of the things they do, we oppose. We oppose this kind of loose living, this drunkenness, this terrible abuse of women. I mean, our society now is so degenerate that it thinks the high moral standard is to teach consent in sexual matters in schools. You know, when consent is the high moral standard, you know the degenerates have won. We want something far greater and better for relationships between men and women than just consent. But while we oppose the kind of terrible womanising of these larrikins, we must be careful not just to be seen opposing this kind of living. Because we've all sinned. And so we shouldn't be surprised that others sin. And we, we shouldn't think that, well, there are good people and bad people, the White Hat Brigade and the Black Hat Brigade, like in a very simple Western movie where the heroes are all perfect and the villains are all evil. Life is not like that. And we mustn't expect our sporting heroes or our political heroes to be without moral failure, without sinfulness. I mean, that is ridiculous. Being able to spin a ball on a cricket pitch has got nothing to do with the character necessary to sustain and maintain a marriage. It's a different, it's a different order of things. And just because someone is a good prime minister doesn't make him a good father or a good husband. So we've all sinned. We sin in different ways, of course, but we mustn't be surprised by other people's sin nor be too quick at condemning the person. You see, our Lord Jesus Christ, he sat down and ate and drank with sinners and tax collectors. That's because he came not to condemn but to save, if you remember. And so we mustn't condone bad behaviour, especially amongst fellow Christians, but we must rather seek to save by sharing the good news of Jesus and calling upon people for repentance than to spend our time in moralistic condemnation. You see that verse I started with, Hebrews 9, it's appointed to all men to die once, and after that comes judgment. It continues, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for sending your Son into this world, not to condemn us, but to save us. We thank you, Father, that he died, that we might live. And we do pray, Father, that in the shock and horror of death coming close to us again, 
we might remember our Lord and Saviour, that we may look forward to the day when he comes for us to save us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. listening to this new podcast from Philip Jensen at Two Ways Ministries. Philip will be bringing to you new regular episodes on a variety of topics and current issues. Don't forget to subscribe to keep up with his latest.